Hey there, and welcome to Are We Europe Readouts. Today we're reading a story from our latest print magazine, The Sports Issue. For some, sports is the stuff of nation-building, flags and hymns, blood, sweat and tears. To others, it is simple entertainment. What can sports tell us about who we are? Listen up to find out. Surfer Buddha, a short story read and written by me, Kirill Hartog. One early Saturday morning in September, at 7.25 to be precise, I received a text message from an unknown number. I'm parked outside, grey Toyota Camry. Ray. I grab my ivory-colored Almeric 6.3 shortboard and my backpack, which contained a brand new wetsuit, still taut and smelling of rubber, and I hurried down the stairs of the apartment building. The sky was still dark as I approached the car. Hey, nice to meet you, I said, extending my hand to Ray, who just nodded before sliding my surfboard into the back seat of his Camry. We drove down Lincoln Way, undisturbed by traffic, as the sky gradually lit up like an energy-saving light bulb in a dark attic. The window on my side was down. I could smell the eucalyptus trees of Golden Gate Park. As we headed west, the Pacific Ocean rose into view above a row of houses. I glanced to my left, where Ray was staring at the road serenely. Early thirties, I thought, maybe Filipino. He wore a red baseball cap that said, Meditation is awesome. Twenty minutes later, we arrived at Lindamar, a beginner-friendly beach break, shielded from onshore winds by two gigantic cliffs dotted with fancy villas which sparkled in the sunlight. We changed into our wetsuits, and I followed Ray down to the beach, where a dozen other surfers, men and women of all ages, had already gathered. Judging by the oversized wetsuits and foamy longboards, they were beginners, like me. The chatty ones broke the ice. Others stretched their shoulders and stared nervously at the waves. We surfed for two hours that day, but I never saw Ray paddle for a wave, let alone ride one. He just sat on his board, hands on his hips, wearing that red baseball cap, and grinning from ear to ear as he bobbed up and down in the calm water beyond where the waves were breaking. Those Saturday surf sessions became a tradition, and with each car ride, I learned something new about Ray. He was an ordained Zen Buddhist monk who worked as a programmer in Silicon Valley. He meditated for four hours every day, two before work, two before sleep. His entire family was still in the Philippines. They don't want to see me anymore, he once mentioned in passing. I never dared to ask him why. As the weather grew colder and the water temperature dropped, our surf crew dwindled in numbers. By early November, it was just down to Ray and me. From the outside, we must have seemed an odd pair. Our ages too far apart to be friends, our physique too different to be related. But we shared surfing, and that was enough. For Ray, the sound of seagulls and the smell of salt water had a spiritual quality. I was obsessed with becoming better at what seemed to me to be an impossible sport. After getting the hang of some of the friendlier beach breaks of the Bay Area, it was time to earn our stripes at Ocean Beach, a long strip of sand and dunes that hugs the Great Highway. Ocean Beach is notoriously tough. A law bans swimmers from going in beyond ankle deep. The spot has been dubbed the world's hardest paddle out because when the waves are big, more than a few surfers, myself included, don't make it past the interminable walls of white water to where the waves are breaking. To top it all off, great white sharks are known to hunt the area in search of seals, 
something which I can confirm from first-hand experience. And so it happened that, on a sunny winter's day, Ray and I slipped into our wetsuits, strapped on neoprene gloves and surf caps to protect our heads from the icy water, and jogged down to the beach. We knew from the data transmitted by the tidal buoys that the waves were double overhead, about as tall as the ceiling in your average living room, but this didn't scare us nearly as much as it should have. It was a gruesome paddle out. After about two minutes of non-stop effort, I couldn't lift my shoulders anymore. I was out of breath, and my hands hurt from trying to hold on to my board as freight trains of water rolled over me in ten-second intervals. The chin strap on my neoprene cap had come loose. Buckets of ice water froze my skull each time I pushed my board under a wave to avoid getting washed back to shore. I had lost sight of Ray in the blinding sunlight. I looked back at the beach to get a sense of how deep I was, when I realized the current had taken me at least half a kilometer to the left of where we had entered the water. A sudden surge of panic rushed up from my gut and grabbed me by the throat. I cursed out loud, wasting what little breath I had left. Fuck you, Ocean Beach. Suddenly, I saw a steep wall of water rise up and cast its somber shadow over me. As the wave began its crushing descent towards me, I frantically paddled towards it to avoid getting it on the head, but I was too late. It came crashing down on my back, pushing me underwater. I felt my board slip away as I was dragged down into the darkness, water pouring into my nose as I noticed the ankle leash connecting me to my board had snapped. This, I remember thinking, is how you're going to die. Right here, right now. I surrendered. I was lying on my back on the sand, trying to catch my breath. After resurfacing, I had somehow managed to swim back to the beach. My whole body went limp as the adrenaline emptied out of me. Hot tears streamed down my sandy cheeks, mixing with the salt water. I felt a hand on my shoulder and opened my eyes to see Ray, smiling, his chubby waistline visible through the tight wetsuit. His surfboard had been broken in half after he wiped out on a wave. He carried what was left of it under his arm. Let's call it a day, he said, helping me up. Six months after meeting Ray, my time in California was coming to an end. A week before my flight back to Europe, we surfed Ocean Beach for the last time on a windless day with glassy waves. After eating a granola bar in Ray's car and warming our hands against the dashboard, he dropped me off at my apartment. This time, we did shake hands. Farewell, he said. Coming from him, the nautical goodbye felt appropriate. A few days later, I found an unmarked parcel in my mailbox. I pulled out a book called The Temple, Meditations on the Spiritual Life. On the first page, in slanted, curly writing, it said, For Kirill, comma, Ray. Flipping through the pages, I came across a poem that he had marked for me. You face with some alarm that unknown last moment. When that last moment is now, now, now. It comes and comes, waves of the ocean, every moment your last, and the next your first. Loss and renewal eternally. So just stop, laugh, give, love, be, now. Ten years later, I still haven't figured out what makes up the ocean's mysterious magnetism. I just know it is strong enough to convince fools like Ray and me and millions of others to strap into a wetsuit at dawn on a freezing winter's day and volunteer to get our ass kicked by Mother Nature. For some, surfing is about adrenaline. 
Others like the physical challenge or the sense of community. For Ray, each wave brought him a little closer to Nirvana, a small dot somewhere on the horizon that only he could see. Did you like listening to this story? Dive into all our readouts from this issue or previous ones, or listen to our narrative Are We Europe stories wherever you get your earful of audio right now. And don't forget, you can also become an Are We Europe member and connect with storytellers and others across the continent starting at 4 euros a month. Just go to areweeurope.com member and help us build a new media for a changing continent. That's areweeurope.com member.